Welcome to the Victory of the Lamb podcast. We are a simple, straightforward Bible teaching church in Katy, Texas. If you are in the area, we'd love for you to stop by anytime. Otherwise, we hope you use this podcast to grow in your faith and be confident in sharing it with many. You can find us online at VOTL.org. We hope you enjoy this message, and God bless your week. ignore history are doomed to repeat it. God's grace, mercy, and peace be yours in abundance today, dear Christian, as you consider the consequences and path forward with that in mind. So you would think that with as much publicity as the Titanic sinking got, that it would never happen again that a ship would set sail without enough lifeboats or life jackets. Because The Titanic in 1912, the unsinkable ship on its maiden voyage from England to New York City, struck an iceberg, and largely because everybody thought it was unsinkable, they never bothered to take the time to make sure that there were enough lifeboats and life life preservers for the number of passengers on board. And sadly, several, over a thousand died, and only six or seven hundred survived. And yet... Those who ignore history are doomed to repeat it. And in 1987, a ferry boat was setting sail from one place in the Philippines to Manila. And there were over 4,000 passengers on board. And the little research that I did, it doesn't seem like there were any lifeboats or life preservers at all. And the boat, the ferry boat, was only supposed to hold 1,400 passengers, so roughly triple the capacity. The ferry boat struck an oil tanker, flames erupted, and other than a couple dozen people being quickly saved by a neighboring boat that came to the rescue as best as it could, over 4,000 people died, probably 3,000 as many as died in the Titanic, and that accident in 1987 is known as Asia's Titanic. It is the Greatest disaster in peacetime for something that happened on the seas. Those who ignore history are doomed to repeat it. And there's a long history, both of people receiving blessings from God and then grumpily moving forward as though they got nothing at all, as well as a long history of God being faithful all the time through thick and thin. We want to do what God wants. And so we'll pay attention today to the scriptures that clearly tell us these things happened as an example for us so that we don't repeat the same mistakes. Open your ears and hearts to think about that and drink in what God's Word tells us today from 1 Corinthians chapter 10. The first five verses of our sermon verse section describes how all these Old Testament Israelites receive the same blessings. And it's not like God said, okay, I'll bring some of the word to you over here, but not you over there. No. I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers, that our forefathers were all under the cloud. They all passed through the sea. 
That's a reference to all those people in Moses' day, two million Israelites, all of them went through the Red Sea with the water on the left and the water on the right and dry ground in front of them and the Egyptian army destroyed behind them when they had absolutely no other option. Certain doom turned into certain rescue. That happened to all of them, not just some of them. They were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them, and that rock was Christ. All those Old Testament Israelites received manna from heaven to keep them alive. All of those Old Testament Israelites received water from the rock in the middle of the desert a handful of times. It's not like God played favorites. And yet, so many of them responded to God's astounding blessings with a heart that, instead of counting up the blessings and being overjoyed with contentment, they grumbled, they complained, they were angry, they acted as though God had given them one rusty nickel and now wanted it back. And the result was verse 5. Nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them. Their bodies were scattered over the desert. And the word translated scattered is kind of a neat one in the Greek language, the original language of the Bible. Literally, the Greek word there is catastrophed. Now, catastrophe for us is a noun. It's not an action word, but let's just make it that way kind of for fun. And that explains well to you what happened to these grumpy, unrepentant people. Their bodies were catastrophed all over the desert. And the next few verses explain a handful of the catastrophes. These things occurred as examples to keep us from setting our hearts on evil things as they did. That's the whole point of the Apostle Paul bringing any of this up, that we don't make the same mistake. Do not be idolaters as some of them were, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink to enjoy God's blessings after they had received the Ten Commandments. And then instead of Standing up to thank him, they got up to indulge in pagan revelry. That's a reference to the golden calf, those of you who know that story. We should not commit sexual immorality, as some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 of them died. God catastrophed bodies over the desert. And it would have been more, except for one faithful man named Phineas standing up for his faith when so many others were using sex as a toy to do whatever they wanted with. We should not test the Lord, as some of them did, and were killed by snakes. That's a reference to the time when they were grumbling about manna over and over and over every day and were so angry at God for giving them those blessings and not more. And God sent venomous snakes among the people, and more of them would have died except the Lord provided Moses to put a bronze snake on a pole and whoever looked at that bronze snake would live. Do not grumble as some of them did and were killed by the destroying angel. That's a reference to what happened after 
the first reading in our worship service today, when Korah, Dathan, and Abiram way overstepped their bounds, thought they should be the leaders of God's people, not Moses and Aaron, angrily opposed him and convinced many others to do the same. You heard what happened. They were swallowed up by the earth. And God made it very clear, Moses and Aaron are my representatives and leaders, not them. And if you read the next few verses after where our first reading left off, you would find that the very next day, the nation of Israel said to Moses and Aaron, you have killed the Lord's people. We still will not support you as God's representative and leader over us. And so the Lord sent the destroying angel and thousands of them died and more would have died if Aaron hadn't generously intervened. Do not make the same mistake. That's the message of the Bible verses today. There's a long history. This is just a, a snippet of the examples that could have been listed of people who receive God's blessings, but with a complaining, angry, frustrated, discontent heart and stand up instead of in repentance to live a life of thanks for God and others. They stand up to sin and lead others to do the same. Now, as we are thinking about this, it's not hard for us to think about how we might make the same mistake. Because what were the categories of sin involved in these examples? Using sex in a way that is outside the bounds of God's plan for marriage, one man and one woman for life. Receiving God's blessings and then receiving them, but with an angry heart, fist in the air, narrowed eyes towards God as though He hadn't given them hardly anything at all and they deserve far better and more. Or not wanting the role in life that you have been given. And not being content with the boundaries that the Lord has placed in your life. I mean, my goodness. Has a chill gone up your spine yet? How common those sins are and temptations are? We too often are tempted to not follow God's plan for marriage. And it's not hard to find people pulling us to be just like them. Married people live and act like they're single in their heart. Single people live and act like they're married way before they get married, even if they don't have an intention of getting married. And many other people in this world laugh and scorn at the very idea that one man and one woman for life in a marriage boundary is good or even possible. This is the world in which we live, is it not? How about receiving God's blessings? We have wealth, so much wealth compared to the rest of the world. And yet, instead of thanking God for it with a humble heart, being generous with what He's given us, looking for ways to serve Him and others with what He has given us, far more common is well, look what the Joneses have. How come I don't have that yet? Well, what about this? It's newer, it's bigger, it's better, it's nicer. How come I didn't get that yet? Come on, God. How come you haven't arranged all of the events in the world to make me as rich as possible yet? 
That is so common. Discontentment. More than enough is no longer enough. It's so easy to slip into that way of thinking. And the third one, as common as those are, might even be the most common of all. Simply complaining. Grumbling. Who hasn't done that already today? About something. Or at least this weekend. We don't like the boundaries God has given. And then we dare to blame Him. Those who ignore history are doomed to repeat it. And there really is no good reason in our life record why God should not catastrophe all across the desert. And yet, history repeats itself. We've talked a little bit about the dangers of that, but I've got another way to think about that. History repeats itself, and our God has a long history of forgiving sin and rebellion, of leading His people through toil, dangers, and snares of all kinds, of rescuing repentant Christians from every evil attack against all odds and bringing them safely to His heavenly kingdom. Think about that, how history repeats itself as we focus in now for the rest of our time together in the sermon message on the last couple of verses. If you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. There's the warning. But then, no temptation has seized you except what is common to man. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, He will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. I think that's an important starting point as you're wanting to live a repentant lifestyle for God in response to the blessings that He has given you. Because you know when you're in that whiny, frustrated, grumbling, complaining mode and it's almost as though you're isolated and lonely? It's just you and the devil filling you with lies about what you have and why you should have more? It's helpful to start by saying, you know what? I'm not the only person in the world struggling to honor God's gift of marriage as He wants. I'm not the only person in the world struggling to be content with what I have and to thrive in this boundary that God has given me. In fact, it's very common. I'm not the only one here And that's a helpful starting point when you remember I'm not like the person whom God has singled out where He blessed everybody else except for me. God is faithful. History repeats itself. Please keep remembering that. God is faithful. He always has been. He always will be. And if you don't think that's possible. Or if you aren't sure 
about some reasons or examples. Just look to the cross. Why did Jesus go to the cross? Why should He have bothered with that trouble? He was innocent. He never grumbled once. He never dishonored God's plan for marriage at all. He never even allowed others to dishonor it in His presence. He spoke the truth in love and defended it whenever He could. Jesus never one single time complained about anything. And yet He went to the cross as the biggest complainer, the biggest sex addict outside of marriage, and the biggest grumbler about blessings. He went to the cross to pay for our sin that we had incurred. That is faithfulness. That is grace. That God didn't have to lift one finger for us and yet He won for us eternal life. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. And He will always provide a way out. Four different examples of grumbling and complaining in the Old Testament were listed. It could have been 4,000 probably. They were all from the life of Moses. Think about all of that from Moses' perspective. Do you think it was pleasant for Moses when the people are grumbling about this and sitting down to enjoy God's blessings of food and drink and Ten Commandments and then standing up to have sex all over the place? Do you think it was pleasant for Moses to be their leader when they're whining and griping about manna in the desert and the only reason any of them were in the desert was because of their own sin to begin with and then he's got to try to lead them through this somehow? Was it pleasant for him to watch them die and be catastrophed all over the desert and then complain some more about it? It was not pleasant for Moses and yet... God was faithful to Moses, wasn't He? God brought him through all that, didn't He? God did not make that whining and complaining of the people whom Moses was leading to be so intense and great that Moses couldn't hack it anymore. God will not let you be tempted either beyond what you can bear. God will not let you be overwhelmed and thrown to the wolves. There is nothing that God can't carry you through. Nothing. And He is faithfully is a long track record in history of delivering His repentant people from the most unusual situations that are difficult and terrible. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. He, perhaps even today, is limiting evil around you so that you are able to be carried through it with Him. And what's more, not only will He not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, He will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. As you look around the room, as you look around your life, you see lots of people who are struggling with the same type of sin. How about instead of commiserating, we work harder one little step at a time to remind each other history repeats itself 
God is faithful. He's going to lead us through this because He's led us through that in the past. He's going to lead us through this and provide a way out of some kind. I don't know how, but He's going to because He always has. And He always will. He will keep rescuing us from difficulty after difficulty after difficulty after difficulty until the day He calls us home one at a time to eternally, to eternal home in heaven. And the only reason that's not going to happen is if Judgment Day comes first when He calls all of us all at once to our eternal home in heaven. History repeats itself. What a great message that is when you remember how faithful your God is and how that will always keep repeating itself as many days as He gives you on this earth. Amen. Time is precious. Thank you so much for investing some of your time with us today. Could I ask you for one more favor? If you're enjoying this podcast, please don't forget to click subscribe and give us a rating. Just a few seconds of your time will help other people hear the simple, straightforward Bible message we offer. Thank you so much. God bless your day in Christ.